today in the book of Mark chapter 10, verse 17. I'm going to read you 10 verses of scripture giving an account of Jesus and his encounter with a young man. Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem and a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. It's the truth that Jesus brings there. But to, to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your mother and your father. And then he says, teacher, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. He really cares about every person. Jesus, his love is genuine. There is still one thing that you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell and he went away very sad for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, those that were following him, those that were really in the inside track, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them, but Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And what he was alluding to was in, the, in those days, cities had walls around them with large gates. Certain time in the day, the gates were closed. And if somebody came in after those gates would close, they always had a small door on the side there where they would let people in after hours. And anybody who had a camel or anything like that loaded with, with, uh, with stuff, they had to actually have the camel, you know, bend down and just kind of crawl through that gate. Very, very difficult for a camel to go through that door. They call that door the eye of the needle. He didn't say it was impossible. He said it, it's hard, though. It's very hard. And, and then the disciples were astonished. I mean, they didn't know what to say, what to do. And this is what they said, then who in the world can be saved, Jesus? And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. It's impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. I know you've watched the movies Mission Impossible. And today I want to preach to you. Mission possible. Mission possible. Because what Jesus is saying is you've got to live a certain life. You've got to live a higher life. You've got to be able to forgive the hurt, the pain. You've got to not sin. You've got to be perfect as God is perfect. You have to be holy as the Father in heaven is holy. He tells us that. And that is humanly impossible. But with God, it's possible. It's possible to do that. It's the higher life. It seems like an impossible mission, but it is a possible mission because God gets involved. So most things that have eternal value are not humanly possible. Things that really matter, things that have eternal value seem so impossible to us. So today I want to talk about three things. And really what this is, this is really a, a message about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so essential. This is an essential message. This is not a message that is optional. This is not a message that we can take it or leave it. This is a message that we must take. This is an essential. You've got to have this, what I'm getting ready to tell you. 
So if you've been at church a long time and you think you've heard it all, you haven't heard the half of it. Jesus is big and Jesus is deep. And so the mission begins. In the book of John chapter 3 verse 1, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. That's the top of the echelon of all religious leaders in Israel. Top dogs. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. And he said, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. I mean, he's pumping Jesus up. But I love Jesus the way he always, he told the, the rich young guy, he said, nobody's good except God. And here he comes, Nicodemus comes and said, you're, you're great, you're a teacher, you're doing miracles. And Jesus says, this is what Jesus replied. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. In both places, he's talking about the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back in his mother's womb and be born again? Natural thinking. Jesus replied, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born again or born of water and the spirit. You can't enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Being born of water is the natural birth through a mother's womb. Being born of the spirit is the spiritual birth. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Folks, don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Here it is again. Nicodemus said, how is it possible? And Jesus said, you're a respected Jewish teacher and you, you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you, don't, you won't believe our testimony. He said, but if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven in return, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. The first thing about the Holy Spirit is that we must be born of the Holy Spirit. You are born into a natural family. I was born into the Dakota family. And you must be born into the family of God. It's hard to explain. It seems impossible to explain. It's hard to understand. And that's why it has to be experienced. People have told you, you need to ride that ride at Six Flags. If you ride that ride at Disney World, if you'll get on that ride, and they explain it, they explain it. But I tell you what, once you get on it and you experience, you understand completely what it's about. And this ride with Jesus, I'm telling you, when you experience it, you understand it. Even Jesus, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, says it's hard to understand. It's like the wind and by the way, the word spirit in scripture means breath or wind. And so we must be born again. So how do you get born again? If you have to be born again to get into the kingdom of God, how in the world can this happen? I don't understand it. How does it happen? Well, first of all, you have to respond to conviction. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit does. In John 16, 8, 
Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin and God's, judge, God's righteousness and the judgment to come. Three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. He's going to do that. He convicts you. Now, we say it in different ways because we don't understand. He's going to deal with your heart. He's going to move on you. He's going to stir your heart. You're going to begin to think about God. He's going to call things to your mind. He's going to bring things to attention. All of a sudden, things you didn't think about, you now think about. When conviction comes, it's a supernatural occurrence that's brought on by God. He initiates this. He messes with your stuff. He messes with your life. He convicts you. And that's good. As a matter of fact, that's wonderful. Now, in the midst of it, sometimes somebody said one time that a man under conviction is a very miserable man. And that's the truth. Really, it is. So we have to respond to that conviction as God is drawing us. Jesus said this, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. So you don't decide one day to be born again. God draws you, and when he draws you, that's when you need to respond. You have to respond to him. Then it turns into an act of faith. The only way you can, the human life connects to God through faith. That's the way we do it. Through faith in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. It's a supernatural thing. You'll be born again. You can't really see it. You can't necessarily feel it, but the conviction is there. And all of a sudden, you confess that Jesus is the Christ. You believe that with all of your heart. And something happens, a supernatural occurrence. And then you receive it by grace. This is how you're born again. I'm doing the very best I can. Jesus just said, it's like the wind, dude. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You need faith, but without grace, faith is no good when it comes to being saved. And this is not of yourselves. It's impossible of yourself. It is the gift of God. It is possible with God. You can't get born again by yourself. Amen. We can do a lot of things by ourselves, but this here, impossible but when God moves on you, when you respond and you exercise faith and you let grace have its place, you're born again. And when you're born again, you become a brand new creation. This is true Christianity. This is the power of God. You don't sign up to be born again. You can't join up into the family of God. You must be born into the family of God. We just sang it. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. You have to be born of the Holy Spirit. It's essential to see the kingdom of God. To enter heaven, you must be born again. There's no other way. And I don't wish there was another way. I am glad there is one way. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That is the gospel that we preach. That is what gets somebody to heaven. The next thing is, you must be filled with the Spirit. Born 
of the Holy Spirit and then filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised to us by Jesus. Jesus is the one who initiated this sending of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, it's a glorious thing. The Holy Spirit is fantastic. He is wonderful. He's great. He's our friend. He's our helper. Jesus promised him. And all the promises of God are yes. Jesus promised in John 14, 16, he said, I'm going to pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The cosmos, we taught you last week. People void of the Spirit of God cannot receive the Holy Spirit. They cannot receive it because it, it neither sees Him nor knows Him. The world doesn't see Jesus, doesn't see the Holy Spirit, doesn't know Him. But you know Him for He dwells with you and He will be in you. He dwells with In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lighted upon a few people. A prophet here and there, you understand, a king here or there. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is filling believers. He's filling believers. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. So he's working. The Holy Spirit is developing you, teaching you, guiding you in the truth, giving you everything you need. And Jesus promised him. But not only that, Jesus keeps all of his promises. So he promised him, and then he sent him. In Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus told the disciples, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Not man power, God power. You have have man power. But it's God power you need. You need this power from God. You see, so many people find church, but they fail to find God. Understand this, that that when you find church, but you don't find God, you will possess a form of godliness but you will lack the power of God to accomplish the will of God. And you will try so hard until you give up. Until, if a person is not born again, church will become very boring after a short period of time. We can't put on a dog and pony show every Sunday with chihuahuas jumping through flaming hula hoops for you. But when you're born again, Oh, oh, oh. oh, when you're born again and you start singing a song about the blood of Jesus, you don't need somebody to strike up you and get you all wild up. It's just your spirit is alive. You've been born again and you say, Lord God, it's powerful. Church going is no substitute for being born again and being filled with the Holy Spirit. But hey, a form of godliness is better than a form of ungodliness. It's better to be good than bad, but being good is just not good enough to reach the mark of being entering into the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we see the coming of the Holy Spirit to the earth, which is so important. You always need to put very special emphasis when you see something for the first time in Scripture. Jesus promised it. Now he's sending him. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, all the believers 
all the believers. Remember, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. All the saved people were meeting together in one place. They were hungry for God. They were hungry for the promise. They were waiting obediently for the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty rushing wind or a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Think with me for a moment. We're in a prayer meeting. Lord, you said to wait. We wait five days, 10 days, been 25 days, 30, 40 days, Lord God. We're 49 days. It's the 50th day, Lord. If you don't come today, if you don't do something today, Lord, I think we're going back to work. And then all of a sudden, suddenly in a moment of time, which is the way God works so many times, suddenly there came a sound as a rushing Wind, Jesus said, it's like the wind. And the wind filled the house. I mean, the sound was there. And all of a sudden, like fire in the house. I don't know how to explain it. Just fire in the house. And this wind, this sound. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural. I'm trying to explain it with words. It's hard to explain. And next thing you know, they are filled with the Spirit of God. And what happened to them, they began to speak in other languages. It's supernatural. You say, Pastor, will you please explain in details this thing of speaking in other languages, unknown tongues, various tongues, diverse tongues, depending on what version of the Bible you read. How do you explain it? I can't explain it. God chose it. He fills people, and they spoke with other languages. He said, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter. It happened. You say, I don't understand it. I know you don't, neither do I. It doesn't matter, but I have experienced it. I can't explain it, but I have experienced it. And it's not weird or wacky or crazy or kooky. It's power to do what Jesus said to do. And you can take one stance or the other when it comes to being filled. You can be afraid or cynical or skeptical and stand back and miss the wind and the fire. Come on now. Or you can say, Jesus, I've been born again into your family. Come on, Jesus. Whatever you have, give it to me, Jesus. I want it all. And I want it now. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 says, when we tell you these things, it's just like me speaking to you. When I tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Are you getting this? That's how, that's, that's church. That's the kingdom of God. Words from God to our spirit. That's why you must be born again. If you're not born again, words of the spirit, listen what happens. But people who aren't spiritual, people who are not connected, who are not born again into the family of God, can't receive these truths. They can't receive them. Why? Because they're from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. 
Whenever the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other languages on the day of Pentecost, the people came from all around and said, they're drunk, they're foolish, they're stupid, look at them. You know why? Because those people were not spiritual and they did not understand what was happening. It is just the way it is. And I just love it. It's impossible to understand the truth from God without the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, you, you say, well, I want to receive him. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. And I tell you what, if you'll follow these instructions, I'm telling you right now, God will bless you. If your heart is right and you have to be, I tell you, you have to be hungry and humble. Come on, folks. If you ain't hungry, you don't get it. But if you're hungry, let me tell you something that's so cool. But you have to possess a deep desire. You have to desire what God has for you. You have to ask in faith. You have to just, it's faith, God, like a little child. Forget, just turn off everything and say, Lord God, you ask in faith. You believe in faith. Folks, faith is the great connector of man and God. I can't see it. I don't completely understand it. I can't fully explain it. But I know that I'm connected to God, and so I release faith. And, and then I receive by faith. I keep it simple. I know we wish we had a hoop to jump through or three things we had to memorize or a little prayer we had to say, but it's really just simply, God, I need you. I need your power. My life stinks. I need your power, God. You've got the power. I need the power. God, could you give me the power? And look, God don't care what kind of words you use, and he don't care. You can be, some people are loud, and they kind of even seem like boastful or proud, of it, but they're just desperate. Desperate people say all kind of crazy things. God will do anything if you just fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'll go to Africa. But, you know, God looks through all that and says, there's a hungry desire there. That person's hungry. That's why he takes peep squeaks and uses them like that brother you just saw there plants churches on that motorcycle. You know why? Because God heard a hungry heart from heaven. Fill the man with the Spirit of God. And guess what? Used him in his power. It's not received by the intellect. It's received like a small child. Let the wind blow on you. It will be powerful. I remember the day I was filled with the Holy Spirit before I knew about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know nothing. We had just decided we're going to tell all of our family about Jesus because we were the first ones to get the message. So I, we were getting ready to leave. I told Jan, I said, wait, I got to go pray. I ran in our back bathroom, a little half bath there in Gonzales, and I knelt down by the toilet, and I just was there. I said, Lord, you just got to help me. I'm going to go tell them about Jesus, and I just got to help. And all of a sudden, I started speaking in tongues. Let me tell you something. God don't need a formula. He just sees a hungry heart and somebody who's humble enough to say, I don't know how to do this, but God, if you'll help me, if you'll help me, and God says, I'll help you, filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what God, I'm just telling you my testimony. I wish I had all day. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will hear his voice. You will have the power to obey his voice. And you will live the victorious Christian life, which sometimes doesn't look anything like the American dream. The victorious life. I'm telling you, power to overcome. You must be born of the Holy Spirit. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we are to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
Led by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are led, all who are influenced by the Spirit of God are children of God. Or born again children of God. I've been born again. You see, you see. Into the, you see, and the thing about it is, if you haven't been born again, when you see a song, it's like, what? But when you have, your blood flows through my veins, Jesus. Now lead me in the ways of righteousness. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you, first of all, by revelation. That, the word revelation simply means to uncover something. God knows everything. He's got everything in a little shell. And when he sees you and you're hungry and you ask, he goes, hello. <laughs> it's no big deal. He knows everything. You know, it's not like he's like trying to conjure something up to tell you. It's just like, peekaboo. There it is. Just, there it is. It's right in front of your face. Oh, there it is. So he reveals the Holy Spirit reveals truth. He reveals truth that sets us free, truth that challenges us, but truth that sets us free. The real thing, the truth that sets me free, that breaks the chains that were holding me. And when the truth of God meets the truth about us, great things can happen. The truth of God in Jesus met the true self of the young man with a lot of money. It was a negative situation for him. He went away sad because he had a lot. But wouldn't it have been very adventurous if he would have let the Holy Spirit lead him and would have sold all that he had and gave it to the poor and followed Jesus? Wouldn't have that been powerful? Wouldn't it be powerful if you would leave something and follow Jesus? Wouldn't it be just great? It's fantastic. It's wonderful to do that. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit, oh, he leads us into freedom. It's wonderful. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. Then he asked them, Jesus said, but who do men say that I am? Because everybody was talking about Jesus. He's this, he's that. So he asked the disciples, he said, who, who is it that I am? Well, you tell me, who do you think I am? And, and Peter stands up. He said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are blessed, Simon Jonah. He said, Simon, son of John, you are blessed because, what did he say? What did he say? Simon, he said, you're blessed because my Father in heaven has revealed these things to you. Have revealed these things. He's made it possible for you. You did not learn this from any human being. It's impossible with human beings, but with God, it's possible. And then he says, now I say to you, you're Peter, which means rocking upon this rock. I'm going to build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Revelation, it didn't come from, uh, I seen you do this thing. The Father in heaven, he gave Peter revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. And that's the only way you ever get to know Jesus really is by revelation. All this stuff is hidden. Jesus said, Father, I'm so thankful that you've hidden these things from the wise, but you have revealed them to babes. You've revealed them to people who are humble enough to do it. So we get revelation. We're led by revelation. We're led by response. We're led by response. I'll tell you something right now. The Holy Spirit always leads us, and we have to respond. He leads us in righteousness. He leads us to some things. He leads us away from other things. You must be led. If you're a child of God, you have to be led. Come on. What's all this stuff now, being led by this and that? We have to be led by the Spirit of God. We, we have to get in this thing. We've got to get spiritually minded and understand that he wants to 
lead us. He leads us into relationships. He leads us out. I thank God that God led me into wonderful relationships as a young Christian, put me with great people who love God and were not weird and wacky, you know what I'm talking about? And then as he called me into the ministry, he put me with men of God who guided my life, men like Brother Ed Bledsoe and Jim Clark, who's with Jesus now, and Brother Rod Aguilar, and a whole bunch of other men that you've seen parade on this platform for the last 26 years who helped me and guided me and made things right for me and gave me a right path. The Holy Spirit leads you into the, the Holy Spirit. Le- I could just stand here for days and tell you uh, the divine appointments that the Holy Spirit has led me. Sometimes I'm kooky. Sometimes I'm, I'm just out. Of, sometimes I don't know. And all of a sudden, it's right in front of me. I wish I could stand here and tell you that I just sit in the morning and, and get downloads. <laughs> Eight downloads today. Now go, young man. Sometimes we seek God and we're just walking out and all of a sudden, just like that. It's like, it all makes sense now. The last three months makes complete sense, Lord. I've been slow, but I understand. I'm going to respond to you. And when you respond, you see, in Galatians 5, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces. It's possible with God, this production, not with man, this kind of fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are products of the Holy Spirit in you, of being led. You see, some people say, oh, he's just full of love all the time, full of love all the time. No, sometimes he's led to be loving. Sometimes it's an act of obedience to be loving. Sometimes to be gentle, you have to hear the voice of God who says, I'm leading you into gentleness now. You have every right to be cruel. You are absolutely right. They are absolutely wrong, but I'm leading you in a different direction than your natural inclinations. I'm leading you in the way of righteousness. This is what I want you to do. You have to hear his voice. Otherwise, I'm defaulting. You understand. I don't have to say anything else. The Holy Spirit always leads you into some things, leads you out of things. So you have to, you, you understand, watch what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're getting it through revelation. We're led by the Spirit through revelation. We're led by the Spirit of God through response. And then lastly, we're led by the Spirit of God through resolution or through resolve, through being resolute. And three things real quick we have to be resolute in. Number one is me. You, me. You need to be able to say me. I am resolute. And this is what you need to be able to say without a shadow of a doubt, with all confidence and power from God. You know what you need to be able to say? I am saved. You understand? Not I think, not I hope, not I'm not sure. I am saved. I know that I have been born again of God's spirit. I am saved. I am changed. I am not what I was. I am different. I am changed. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not wanting to be filled. I am filled with the Spirit of God. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. The evidence is pure in my life. I am filled. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption. I'm not walking around in caution wondering, am I going to make it into the kingdom of God? 
I am sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit and I am being led by the Spirit of God every day of my life. I am being led by His Spirit. I am resolute. It's done. You see, you have to be able to say that. And if not, we're going to give you opportunity to get things right in just a moment. Number two is that we have to be resolute about we. About we. That me is part of we who is part of something bigger than just me. We are part of the church of Jesus Christ. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church will survive, the church will prosper, the church will gain ground. Christians, people will come into Christianity by the hordes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you the church will explode. God will have his church and he will have his bride because we are led by the Spirit of God and we are resolved that he's doing this. I tell you what, you're not excited. I don't know what to tell you. That, that, uh, we'll get you excited in the next three weeks when we talk about you want to die but you can't. But anyway, here we go. We're moving together to see the kingdom of God expanded in the earth. That's why it's more than Northwood Church and our little padded chair once a week, folks. It's about giving of our time and our life and our efforts and our money and everything that we have to see this kingdom established on the earth so that one day Jesus comes back and receives his kingdom. This is a big deal. This is fun too. It's not just about me. I'm now part of something a lot bigger than me. And that makes me big too. If you feel like you're nothing, get involved in the church. You become something. And then the church doesn't revolve around me. Oh, it revolves around the will of God as revealed by the Holy Spirit. We think, that, you know, for years we were so dumb as humans, we thought the earth, the, the, the sun was revolving around the earth. Until finally we got smarter, moved back a little bit, and we said, oh, sorry about that. It is the earth revolving around the sun. Sometimes we think everything is revolving around our little peanut life, you know what I mean? And, and God, you revolve. No, 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 no. We are revolving around the sun, S-O-N, because he is the center of our universe. Come on now. And so we, we do that now. And then we have to be resolute about he, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will finish the work. The Holy Spirit will manage the church. The Holy Spirit is in full control of the main mission. And I want to say this before. Man's conduct will not, will not stop the mission that the Holy Spirit is managing in individuals, in nations, and in all of existence. He is the alpha, the beginning. He is the omega, the end. And in case you don't know, he's everything in between. Come on now. Come on now. So you say, whoo, what is my part? Whoo, what about me? There's three kinds of people in here. Some of you need to be born again of God's spirit. You're not born again. It doesn't make you a bad person. Please just get off all that. I need it. You need it. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. So there are people who need to be born again. There's other people who are born again need to be filled with the spirit. And then there are those who are born again and feel, but you hadn't been led. You're kind of just doing your thing, not giving God enough time to lead you. And you need to do that. He's done his part, man. It's all set. The table's set. All I got to do is get my fork and knife and eat. And it's good. It's real good. Let's bow our heads right now. 
Come on, I want you to examine your life right now. What area do you fall into right now? Man, if you're walking in all three of these areas, then I want you to begin to pray for those who are not. I tell you, we need your prayer. But first and foremost, I want to talk to you who are born again, but you've never been filled with the Spirit of God. We've given you instruction and inspiration, but only you can develop the hunger to seek God. But I want to pray for you right now. Father, I'm praying for those in this room right now who are born again, God, but they've never been filled with the Spirit of God like you. Your book tells us. It's just, I don't know, God, for whatever reason, fear or doubt, unbelief, it might be, it might just be teaching that they've received. It might be all kinds of things, God. But I'm asking you to stir up a hunger within your people to be fully immersed in your spirit, to be fully sold out, to being filled and used and empowered, Lord God. Now, if that's you in here, you need to begin to pray and do what we said. Come on, you're going to believe. You're going to be hungry. You're going to put forth faith. You're going to receive by faith. You're going to minister faith to your life. Come on. Come on. You're just going to do that. It might be in your bedroom. It might be in your car, driving down the highway. But when hunger hits, if you'll seek God, God will fill you with his spirit. And then the second group of people in here who need to be led by the spirit of God. Come on, folks. It's time no longer just kind of be floating around by chance living this wonderful life, but now being led by the spirit of God because I believe God wants to tell you some stuff. I believe God wants to lead you in a certain way that you hadn't gone before. I believe God wants to do something great in your life. Come on, you're worthy because you're bought by the blood of Jesus. If you're filled with the spirit, you're worthy to be led. You have to be hungry, though, to be led. you got to say, God, I'm willing to do. Don't be like the rich young ruler going away sad because he had too many things and he didn't want to give it up to follow Jesus. Man, look, sometimes you got to give things up to follow Jesus and sometimes he'll give you things to follow him. It all depends what the plan is. But first and foremost, there's a group of people in here right now. Father, I ask you to touch these people. And draw them right now, Lord God. And as they express their need for you, would you do for them what you did for me 35 years ago? Would you, Lord God, touch their heart and bring them to life that they would be born again of the Holy Spirit? Right now, if you're in this place and you're not sure of your salvation, you know, you say, you know, I don't have that real thing inside of me. I don't. But you're ready right now. God's drawing you. This would be a time to respond to him and his conviction. If you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Van, that's me. Everybody just close your eyes right now. Come on, just, just we're seeking God here. This is a special moment. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you mean it with all of your heart that you are ready to serve God, have your sins forgiven, and let the Holy Spirit take control of your life. You'll be born again. If that's you, just shoot your hand up and say, I need Jesus. One, two, come on, come on, shoot it up. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Come on, keep going, keep going. If you haven't, 10, 11, come on, come on, come on. Say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Come on, there's no other way. Folks, there's no other way. If you're sitting in this chair right now and God is drawing you to his kingdom, there's no other way. This is the door. Jesus says, I'm the door, I'm the way. This is it. If you haven't raised your hand and you want prayer, just shoot it up real quick. If you haven't raised it up, come on, it's your time. This is it. That's right. Come on. It's time just to humble yourself. Now, we all going to pray together because we're going to help all you people who raised your hand, 
who opened up your heart to Jesus right now, we're going to pray with you because this is the greatest time of your entire life right here. So everybody together, I'm going to lead us in prayer. We're just going to believe the Lord right now. Ready? Ready? You're going to repeat after me. Ready? With a strong, loud voice because our heart's so strong and loud towards God right now. Say, Father in heaven, I thank you for Jesus Christ who died for my sins and rose again that I might live. I surrender my life. I confess my need for you. I believe, Jesus, you died for me. I receive everything you have. I believe you for salvation. So right now, you are my Lord and you are my Savior. And I thank you for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, Pastor Casey, come on. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God. So we'd love to help you with your next steps. If you'll go to northwood.tv connect and fill out the online information card, our lead pastor, Van DeCote, wants to send you a letter that tells you some more steps to take that'll help you maintain your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you live in one of these areas, we'd love to see you at one of our services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and locations. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give or simply text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you next time.